Hi everyone, welcome back to Super Creative, a podcast that delivers candid conversations with inspiring women who are thriving in creative business. As the majority of you listeners are based in New Zealand, I hope you have had a wonderful summer break. For my few international listeners, I hope wherever you are, you have been able to find some joy under lockdown and COVID restrictions. Thank you so much to all of you that have listened to the podcast so far. Whether you've listened to every episode right from the beginning or you've just dipped your toes into a few, I really, really appreciate it. I love hearing from you guys if you've really enjoyed a particular guest or if something has really resonated. And if you're a fan, I'd love for your help to get the word out about the podcast. So anytime you're listening and you feel like screenshotting it and sharing it on Insta, I'd love you forever. I'm super excited about the guests that I have lined up for this year. A couple are already recorded, some are booked in, and some don't even know they're going to be approached yet. If there's anyone in particular who you'd love to hear about, please let me know. Now, on with the show. I'm kicking off 2021 with one of the big guns, the super creative Bex Anderson, founder and creative director of Chaos and Harmony. Over 12 years ago, Bex and her husband sold everything they owned, including their house, and moved to Italy so Bex could learn to design shoes in Rome. A year later, they returned to Mount Maunganui and created Chaos and Harmony, a market-leading and iconic New Zealand boutique shoe brand. The story behind Bex's journey is awesome. It's a story of taking risks and being brave, having vision and creativity, but also growth, change, strategy and direction. I was so inspired after this conversation with Bex. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Right, so first of all, thank you so much for joining me, Bex, on this podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Let's start things off. Could you describe for me who you are and what you do? Yeah, I am Bex Anderson, and I am the founder and director for Chaos and Harmony Shoes, We started our business in 2008, the week of the GFC, which was a really fun, exciting time. (laughs) And uh, we've been going, yeah, now for 12 12 years. And, uh, you know, we've got a family. My husband, Greg, and I are working in the business. We've got two children, Matthias, who's nearly nine, and Valentina, who's five. So we live a full and fun life. And... uh, I don't like the word juggle, but we definitely have ebbs and flows of family and work and just how that all evolves together. So 12 years is a good stint. I've been wanting to interview you since you've been on my list um, since when I first sort of started um, you know, thinking about this podcast, mainly because I was thinking about um, all the different kind of companies and people and products. And I was like, lots of the products and that I've been looking at generally people could do themselves at some point you know like I started off making handkerchiefs and then I eventually shoes is a different story so it's a whole different ball game but before we get into all that could I get a bit of background on you where are you from what did you want to be when you grew up did you study you know all the early stuff yeah so I actually grew up in the mounts I'm a, a local and had a had a wonderful uh, childhood, as you can imagine. Now you're living here, and your children are experiencing um, the beauty of of being so close to the water and, and the beach, and that feel freedom. very very lucky living here. Yes, yeah, sure. so, so yeah. extremely blessed. And I, but I always had a sense of 
um, I wanted to be a, a, a pioneer or an entrepreneur, even at a young age. I didn't really understand what that would look like. Uh, but I went through, uh, obviously through to high school and then left school, didn't want to go to university. And I spent some time working with um, some friends who had a local surf shop. So I worked in the surf industry for about four years. Mm-hmm. So do, were you just like, I I don't have anything I want to go to university for? Was it, and everyone else was going off and you're like, I'm just going to see what happens. It's really interesting because there's things that I've done in my life and I've not necessarily known the reason reasoning for them, but I've yeah. had an instinct of, no, I'm not to do that. Yeah. So I couldn't articulate to you why I didn't want to go, but I there wasn't anything that was calling me. And I, yeah. it's interesting because a lot of my friends got through university and got out the end, other end of it and were like, this is not what I want to do with my life. I was so, going to say, I know so many people exactly. like that that are like, well, I need to do study something, so I'll do a Bachelor of Arts or, you know, and then not that there's anything wrong with that, but then come out the other end and be like, that's not what I want to do. Exactly. And there was a lot of pressure from school to go and do something. Mm. And so what I went and did to, to manage a surf shop was actually kind of looked down on. But actually those skills that I learned in finance, managing staff, uh, managing, um, you know, budgets and, and buying products were actually Huge. excellent skills mm. to learn. And I, I still pull on those now. So I spent four years doing that. My, my boyfriend at the time... And I went over and did a season snowboarding in Canada. And uh, that was right around September 11th. So we, it was an interesting time to be in North America. We came home after that season and I, I got into interior design. A friend had interior design business. And I'd always loved design. But this was a, a, an amazing way for me to sort of get even further into it. And I think had I not gone on the pathway that I have, I probably would have pursued that more or styling or, or something in that, that area. So at school and things like that, were you creative? Or... I did photography. Right. Uh, I, I loved photography and, um, and and possibly photography could have been something. Mm. And so I you just had, you did have a natural kind of creative drive. Creative, yes. Yeah. Both my parents are extremely creative. Right. Um, my dad... Uh, was an artist, graphic designer. My mum is a florist. Right. So definitely um, that that was in me. Yeah. Loved dancing as a child, you know, so did, did all, all of, of that, the things. All of those yeah. sort of things. But really around that time, that was, so that was 1996. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, encouragements, encouragement towards the arts. No. Compared to now. Oh, now it's a different yeah. ball game yeah. yeah so even when my husband went and studied web design his mm. his parents were like well, why don't you get a real job go yeah. and be an electrician or something and that's not to put down you know electricians no. but but it just it, those the, those creative roles weren't a consideration it's funny I, I feel like I often in these podcasts I spend most of the time talking about myself and um and I'm constantly alluding to the fact that I studied graphic design myself <laughs> but I was saying this to someone the other day that um when I first studied I did quite a bit of freelancing and I freelanced my whole life on top of jobs and there was never I was unique in a way there was a few graphic designers and and there was always jobs and not even a lot of people placed a lot of um Merit and design. Yeah, exactly. And then now, kind of coming back into the game um, later on, I'm like, there is 
so many graphic designers, mm. so many marketers, mm. designers, web designers. The creative arts is it's booming, booming, and it's awesome, but it's so different. To, exactly. Yeah. And so, when I was an interior design, I I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really did, but I knew that it wasn't my sort of um, ultimate goal. And I really started exploring what I wanted to do and my mum's into like mind maps and so we would cut out, you know, Cute. words from magazines and everything that would come up was That is so cool shoes, that you would do that with your mum. Yeah. yeah. Travel. Yeah. And people. Right. And uh, some other things that I want to mm. do in, in uh, my life as yeah. well. And I began to just explore that idea and what I've learnt since then is I, I have done my strength finder mm-hmm. um, uh, assessment with uh, understanding my strengths and where I lean to is I'm, I love vision and strategy. So what could be is like a really inspiring question for me. So I began to ask like, well, what, if there was nothing to hold me back, what would I do? I'd always loved shoes. Mm. I didn't kind of connect being a shoe designer with a career or anything, but I began to explore we, how, how do you go about that. Um, at the time on the market, there was only, uh, I think, one sort of brand outside of sort of the mainstream Hannah's and those types of things, and that was, you know, Catherine Wilson. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful, and uh, I'd actually made contact with her, and she was really like, yeah, go do it, you know. Um, so ended up finding a course in Italy, so were you, I guess this is pre-Google, or Google was, Google will have been, how do you find a course in Italy? I, I must have Googled it, it would have been only been Old school Google, yeah, old school Google, yeah. Yeah, and went and studied in Rome, my husband and I moved to, to Rome. So how did you convince, or did you have to convince him, or were you guys young enough then to be like, let's have an adventure, let's go? Yeah, and we travelled a lot, yeah. we, we were... Um, we were we were adventurous. Yeah. And kid was, free. Kid free. Yeah. Um we had a house, we sold it. Mm-hmm. It was expensive to do what we did. Right. But and, and it was really funny, I got, we got there on a Friday and I started the course on the Monday. And during that weekend I had a massive I don't know if I'd say panic attack, like, but like what am I doing? What am I doing? What what have I done? I've just moved us across the world. How old would you have been then? I was 26, 26. going on 27. And where was the course initially? It, it was in Rome. And, oh, Rome, you said that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. So yeah. Rome's quite a full-on city as well. So you would have it's arrived jet-lagged, busy, hustle-bustle from the mount and gone, what? Okay. I think yeah. we left, like, the beach and, you know, like, in shorts and, and T-shirts and went to a Roman winter. And I was so sick you know, I'd caught a cold on the, the yeah. flight and it was just full on. So full on, We didn't, yeah. we only had accommodation for like a week booked because mm-hmm. we had to like find a place to live. Couldn't quite find a place to live so I had to find another, because there's no Airbnb yes. or anything like yeah, that. Just so we a different found another, thing, yeah. Um, I don't even know how we did it. Like mm. I think back, I think, man, I had so, so much guts. I don't yeah. know if I'd do the same thing now. Yeah. And um, there's, there's something in that youth, though, that you just go, I can do it. Of course I can. I'm going to do that. Yeah, and I think there's something in our culture yeah. that just goes, 
yeah, well, I'll just do it, mm. you know? And the, and it's like, well, why not, mm. you know? So at that point, going to do that course, were you thinking, I'm going to just give this a go? Do a course, it's an adventure, see where it takes me. Or were you thinking already then, and I'm going to come home and start a shoe brand? I knew I would start a brand. I didn't yeah. know the timing of everything. I thought I would start a brand overseas. I had right. this sort of grand illusion of starting something in Italy. But to be honest, after the year in Italy, we were quite burnt out. It was yeah. an intense year. And anyone who's lived in a, a different culture, it's it's exhausting. You yeah. know, so communicating my... What did Greg Italian, do while you were there? He would, he would design... Uh, websites for people at home or in Italy uh, anywhere right and he would um, go and sell books to English-speaking schools he found he connected with an English guy who would drive out and they would tour around Italy selling books so it was a quite a cool adventure for him as well yeah it was great yeah yeah and it was funny because the first couple we met in Rome we went to this uh, this cafe and we were both speaking to each other in really poor Italian and then we realised we both spoke English. And then we recognised that they were sounding like Kiwis. And they were from Hamilton. I love it. And they ended up being our best friends. And he was a pilot and she was doing her master's. And so we connected. So they were like our, like... I think Your friends. Just, yeah, they just were our livelihood. <laughs> yeah. Linda would come round and, like, when I was studying hard out and Greg was away, she would, like, cook, feed me and yeah. clean my house. And yeah. it was just a really beautiful... Um, connection and um yeah so we did that what was the course itself like shoes and accessories it was intense it was all in italian bar the marketing component and uh, how did you understand uh we did have some english translation but it's amazing what you understand in context yeah and i found this even now working in china yeah a lot of like the technical elements the the workers don't um speak English mm. but I can still translate what I want yes okay so my my pattern maker my master pattern maker I can show him exactly what I want if I need to correct something yeah he gets it great it's amazing yeah and I think I learned that in Italy so yeah I knew it that's work so in China. cool yeah when we came back I actually was a little bit disillusioned I right think I was just exhausted mm. but something in me knew that there was an opportunity to start something and so I began that sort of journey of of creating the brand jumped on a plane with a friend to China. So straight away, you thought, right, I need to go offshore and find out who's going to make We couldn't manufacture in no. New Zealand. There was a handful of manufacturers, and to mm-hmm. be honest, they're all gone now. Yeah. We could foresee that that would not last. Yeah. Um, unless we were producing a type of shoe that you would do again and again and again. Yeah. My big question, or my question I ask in every interview, is mm. at that point, how do you fund that? Like, yeah, without going into obviously too much detail, but where do you go? Right, I'm going to do a collection of shoes, I need this much money. Yeah, so we had a little bit of uh, money, and then I borrowed some from mum and dad, and um, and then we just worked with what we had, winged it, and did everything on, on the on the cheap. <laughs> it seems to be such a classic. I listen to a lot of podcasts from overseas and a lot of the American ones and that are kind of like this podcast. It's sort of like, you know, and then I went out and got venture capital. Yes. And I got four million yes. US dollars and, and Kiwi businesses are different. Number they seem to be. Yeah. Mentality. Like I borrowed some of mum and dad, sold my house yep. and thought stuff it and that funded the next which I love because And to be honest, I would not recommend that. 
Right. So, <laughs> what, re, not recommend venture capital or you not recommend doing it yourself? But probably both, right. actually. <laughs> I've had experience yeah. with both. Right. You do need a, a good financial plan. Yeah. And we were we were completely naive. Right. And um, we did get into some trouble further along, so all we did was defer a bit of a problem and then we've, we, we had to get ourselves out of yeah. that. So it wasn't, it's not a wise track to go down. It's a common thing though for entrepreneurs and creatives um that the creative comes first and then you start to realize how important the financial yeah well is. now yeah the creative is this yes much, yeah and everything else yeah. is about managing the business yeah. yeah yeah my friend um tony was my first guest and she's an interior architect mm. and she talked about how um in the 11 years that they've been in business now she's actually finding joy in the financial and, and fun in the financials and that because that, they've had a big pivot sort of mm. halfway through their um, journey as well with to more of a financial focus but th- there's actual joy in that yeah. as well you yeah. know and seeing how that works is an element of creative as yeah, well. Yeah well I, I really I do have a mind for business mm. and I, I have a mind for, for looking at the future and anticipating what, what's going to happen and and then getting the other people that are better at the other yeah. things around me. Yeah. Um, so, so really in those early days, we were just like following our instinct. Yeah. In saying that though, I did get, I did have mentors. I've always yeah. had sort of different mentors along, along the way that have been through different phases of, and cycles of the business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And you do need the creative to be strong at the beginning because that's what's selling the brand and the vision. Yeah. You well, know? there was an opportunity yeah. and we were solving a problem. Yeah. And you know we've we've continued on that pathway of of, you know shoe solutions so yeah cool so what does the business look like today where are we at yeah well our vision is always has always been about um creating shoes and and making women look good and feel amazing by adding to their style or a particular look that they want to create so that vision has always stayed the same that vision and that mission we now have three sales channels we have a retail store we did have two we closed that the second one in Auckland a couple of years ago which I'm was grateful for over COVID fortuitous (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but to be honest we've been able to put a lot of energy just into the one store we had a huge online um, market that has increased uh, a lot over the last couple of years and we have a wholesale division and we also have within that two collections so we have what we call our mainline collection which is uh, you know more seasonal based footwear winter boots summer sandals and then we produced uh, we came up with a bridal collection uh, about three three or four years ago it's beautiful and that has been a, a growing element to our business which we have really loved and uh, pursuing uh, at the moment. So yeah. I love that your um, store here that you um, share with Black, another local mm. label, um, it's a real destination store. For friends of mine, when they come from outside of the Mount, that's you know one of the few stores that's on their hit list yeah. every time, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, well, now that we've, you know, after COVID, mm. we, well, during COVID, we opened up the bridal space. And that has just been so pleasant. It's just really nice, you know, when people walk in and they've just got space to sort of, 
you know, continue their, their dream of finding everything. I was a bridesmaid family. this time last year, just prior to you guys. And now, and we had black dresses mm. and I was thinking that would have been a wonderful mm. space. And I, I was a bride that wore Chaos and Harmony shoes. And oh, nice. again, it would have been a lovely... Yes. experience I now I'm like oh that's really cool for the yeah. brides <laughs> yeah 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 and so we have champagne and yeah we, it's beautiful you know, we, we um just create a really good environment for them to make the best choice possible yeah that's cool yeah. and how many team members have you got yeah so in our head office team we have there's a team of six of us including my husband and I and then in our our retail team there's four of them cool yeah so we we actually had a larger team at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year and we scaled down our our team and um we've been just working in quite a fine environment which has been great just a lot of work to yes yeah. yeah and I, I think um I mean we'll we can talk about COVID a little, little bit more later but um you know I think for a lot of businesses they're figuring out what is actually needed mm. and how to work best mm. you know work smarter okay one of my questions actually but um is tips for working with your husband yes <laughs> how long have you been both in the business like full time working so we had about three years where he was in and then he was out for about two years working on another job and then in the last four years he's been back in so uh it's it's challenging, yeah. <laughs> if I'm completely honest. I feel like we're just hitting our stride now. Right. I don't know. Ask our team. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we've we've had to really um, wear different hats, like at work or at home, and make sure that we're clear on like what the, those roles are. I was going to say, do you have to be? You know, we don't talk about... It'd be hard not to talk about business at home, though, wouldn't it? No, because we tried to compartmentalise it like that. And yeah. it was, that was draining in itself. Yeah. We just need to be aware when it's overshadowing stuff. And we go, we need to be wise about that. Let's talk about that later. And we're, yeah. we're pretty good at that. We've just found... Like, I've found sometimes my husband works so differently to me. So I've had to really adjust my expectations to that mm-hmm. and um, be really considerate of him and respectful that his way of working is different to my way of working. Yeah. And it's not wrong. It's just different. We're just different. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably a, um, what, a metaphor for married life in general, right? <laughs> it is. But definitely, I, it, I, I was very um, rose-tinted about the idea and I thought it's going to be amazing. Mm. And you, you know, you do see these couples working together and yeah. you think... Oh wow, that just so seems so dreamy, and then yeah. the reality is not not, not the, quite that. that. Yeah. Yes, so but we we definitely are working. You know, this year we've had to. Yes, yeah, and um, yeah, so I'm really proud of the way. We and there's together. something really really cool about both of you working towards your common goal. You know, everything that the business is because it is a family business. So yeah. working, you're both working towards those dreams is a nice yes family goal yes also you know yeah and just being invested in and yeah both invested in it yeah Yeah, that's cool okay so you talked a bit about the values and ethos that drive Mm. your business and brand already what do you think have been your biggest highlights so far I'm sure there's many there is many um to be honest I actually feel like this year has been a highlight you know it's it's definitely had lowlights and it's definitely had challenges but I actually feel like 
I'm really proud of the way that we have managed ourselves, both, you know, Greg and I, our family and our our staff. You know, I'm really proud of how everyone has just pulled together, done what they needed to do. I'm very aware that there's been a lot of energy exerted, and I'm really conscious of that. But I feel like that's like a massive highlight. Like I can, I know that like if anything fell over tomorrow, and I'm not speaking that out because that's not going to happen. Mm. But I know that we did everything we could. Yeah. So I feel like that is the thing that that stands out. Sort of no regret. It's like you know that you have worked to the very best of what everyone can do. That's really cool. Everything. Uh, Our team gave it everything. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. What campaign I've sort of gone what shoe collection campaign or project have you Mm. been most proud of over I mean I'm sure you're proud of all your shoe babies yes there's many shoe babies Mm. is there any that you're like I just loved that whole campaign from start to finish or I loved that show or you know well I feel like we get better and better so I'm actually really excited we just shot our campaign for next winter um two weeks ago so I'm really excited by that because it was done like I created that collection during lockdown right and that was really challenging Mm. I really struggled so to get to the campaign part and see the creative realized I feel like that that's going to be a good thing I do love the super bloom collection that we have at the moment because I feel like we have it's almost a self-prophetic kind of thing where we it has been such a nice pleasantly received collection cool so this current collection that we're selling at the moment is is the one that makes me smile and feel delighted yeah yeah actually it does seem to be a common theme with entrepreneurs or you know people in business that looking forward or looking is sort of actually what drives you from a yeah. creative level and I have to say I saw on your Instagram um snippets of your shoot last week and it looked incredible and the um where you shot I just know. looked amazing I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all yeah. of that realized and, and coming dreamy. how many shoes just side note do you have in your day-to-day like how many shoes do you roll for you personally in my wardrobe yeah I actually don't like to have a lot right I'm quite a minimalist at heart mm-hmm. and I don't like I don't like having lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I probably now now I say You're my like number. I've probably got fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I probably in my wardrobe have about forty. Right. Which is definitely a lot. Mm. But considering what my job yes, is. Yes, yeah. And you I was gonna say you have to do how actually how do you do you road test every show? What do you do? Uh no. No. I get do get sick of trying like I yes. I fit every shoe yeah which I have to be really enthusiastic about because mm. I've tried on about 20 pairs like, the yes, novelty wears off it's fine it'll do yeah um so I I definitely if there's shoes that I feel like oh we just need to test that a bit further I need to make some adjustments I'll, I'll test them mm-hmm. or I'll get one of the team to test them yeah but typically they're made to my size, so it's easier for me to do, and then mm-hmm. I know exactly what I need to change. But yeah, I've got shoes from past seasons. I've got my favourites, and um, yeah, I just try and yeah. What, shake what's it up. your oldest shoe from your collection? You know, which is the one that you're like, I just, I just love it. I'll yeah, we did this little shorty kind of boot platform boot on the very first collection. I actually found it in a box the other day. 
and I've obviously kept it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the one that makes me feel proud of stepping out to to do this. Would you wear all of your shoes or do you sometimes just design for design for other people or this person would love that or yeah definitely like I I start the collection when I start off creatively I leave no limitations in place I just create what is what I want Mm -hmm. and then we go through an editing process of okay so will this meet this person like our customer profile Mm -hmm. and just what we know works yeah so there's there's a bit of uh, a balance between what are our sort of spotlight pieces and what's actually tried and true how many collections do you release a year two and how many shoes per collection is that fixed so we do between uh 20 and 25 skews right yeah and are some of those recolors or and then some of them are completely new yes so it's a lot yes yeah yes yes Yes, it's a lot (laughs) yeah we we used to not do repeat but we've started to do that because the, the market just Want wants it. them. Mm. Yeah. But it's funny actually because I had I've sort of I I've had my armor boot mm. for a long time, um and th- still love it and th- and th- still love them and thrash them. But when I moved to the mount I became a mum. Mm. So all of a sudden I didn't have a work life. Yes. And that's when I loved wearing my shoes the most because nowadays at the moment I wear a lot of track pants and shorts yes. um and I remember there was a couple of pairs of shoes um that came out and I don't know the style I think they're a mule I can't remember the style um and I was just every every odd week I'd go in and try them on and then I'd be like no and and I didn't get them and my goal is that when I do eventually get back into a job I'm gonna like get them because I just love them so much but I'm like they're gonna sit there I'm not gonna wear them but they're like my um aspirational, aspirational yeah. show yeah and we have many customers like that yeah and like that's why we create shows for different seasons yeah. and a lot of slides a lot of sandals but you know like heels is where like what I love and to be honest I don't wear heels all the time yeah uh, but I do definitely love to get dressed yes. up and then some days I'll just like force myself to and yeah. I'm probably like that that mum dropping kids to school and yeah. really inappropriate footwear I don't care well I, I mean Hayley who um works for you whenever I see her she just looks so glamorous and yeah. I'm always really jealous because I'm literally always in like track pants or something you know coming out of the dairy at downtown mount standing at one of those horse rides or something with my kids and i always say and and i did say to her one day are you like the glamorous mum that picks up your kids and it's good. we do yeah. laugh about that because it's not we are very relaxed people but we do i think there's something in getting like i've always found that when you put on shoes we see women stand taller oh absolutely there's yeah. something about shoes that's quite spiritual like yeah. when they they put them on they see themselves in a different way yeah that's why I really love doing this. Yeah. And I I think there's something to be said for that, uh, to either allow someone to move to the place of wearing a heel and a weird mm. different height, but um, to see what it does to their confidence. Like, we always get people come in, I can't wear this because of this issue. I've got this ankle, I've got this toe, or I've got mm. this bunion, or I've got this. Everyone's very quick to judge themselves. Mm. But our team are really good at going, well, how about this? Yeah. And then when they put it on, they're like, oh. And it's like you've got these things that you've believed that aren't true. So part of what we do is bring a, a lot of positive self-belief. Yeah. 
And I do you know just thinking about it as you talk, I love shows. I always have. And I think one of the best things for me about shows is that no matter what weight or wherever you are at with your body shape, mm-hmm. you always fit shoes mm-hmm. and they do always make you feel mm-hmm. so good. Doesn't matter what you're wearing, if you've got a jazzy shoe, yeah. you just feel a million bucks. Yeah. And it is a really great yeah I think if you can wear something that makes you feel proud of yourself yeah doesn't have to be our shoes yeah 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 it's just like it it just people feel good Mm. so I mean we've talked about um challenges a little bit so let's Mm. actually talk about um the c word covid because I do think it's relevant in these podcasts to talk about it because it's been just such a massive year and it's going to continue to be absolutely absolutely so how has covid affected business so far and what sort of actions and pivots have you taken to protect and grow the business yeah I mean it was really interesting both Greg and I walked into this year and we felt like there was going to be, it was going to be a, a tough year. A year. A year. Yeah. Not in this, had no idea mm. of this. And so we actually decided that we weren't going to travel anywhere. We weren't going to take any holidays. We right. just felt like we were going to buckle head down. down. Yeah. But up. And there'd been some changes that we wanted to make within our business mm-hmm. that we were wanting to do for a number of years. And uh, we just felt like this year would be the year. But we had a different. Uh, action Motivate. plan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to what yeah. that what that, yeah. that actually had you started? Out. Um, friend, the Tony that I talked about before, they do work a lot with um Chinese suppliers for mm. their hotels, and she said they started to get a feel for it late last year because of because they work with China. Had you started to see those inklings, or did it miss your? This time last year, I was in China. This week last year, okay. the main concern for us was we travelled through Hong Kong. So Hong Kong was dealing with a lot of riots. There right. was a, lot of, a political unrest. So we were dealing with more like... That sort of worry. Insurance yes. and uh, can I get back out of the country? Can I get a flight? So travelling through Hong Kong, which has we've done for you know four times a year for mm. the last decade, has always been a, a breeze. So then to have to try and manage that process and make sure that you get to where you need to get to and you're staying away from certain areas so you don't get blacklisted and all these sorts of right, things. Right, that was the focus. That was the focus. Yeah, right, okay. And I was cool. so proud of myself when I got on that flight back to, to New Zealand. Mm. And then we came into the new year. We'd All our goods had been shipped and then that's when they started, started to, be, to kick yeah, off. to yeah. kick off. And uh, it was like, okay... We talked to a few people and then we sort of got, um, you know, sort of word that things were going to be shutting down. And so we sort of went into a whole different zone. Mm. Yeah. And that time was, uh, it was, I, I did, I didn't think that this was the end of us, but I was like, okay, if this is the end of us, then it's not us that did it. Mm. And I think there was about 10 days there from lockdown, which was my, my son's birthday. He was so devastated. Where the whole country was really on edge. Absolutely. It was, it was that time no one knew what was happening. And I think there was just so much uncertainty for our staff. And I'm trying to, you know, like, it's that's a big responsibility to have the weight of, you know, people's livelihoods. Yeah. You know, and that was really stressful. Uh, we we were trying to follow the advice of the experts, but the experts didn't know what was happening. 
so it was a very unknown time and then it began to sort of settle and we got into the to to life and I think around Easter that's when we sort of felt like things shifted and we saw the market starting to pick up again Mm. and starting to shop so we were already established online Mm. and we just made sure that uh, we communicated well with our customers Mm -hmm. with our wholesalers just to go like we'll support you in every ever which way we can and just kept being positive Mm. yeah and just really knuckled down and during that time we actually restructured our business right so we are probably more of an online business at yeah. this stage, yeah. Which is where we're wanting to sort of, you know, pursue more. Uh, pursue more. Op- there's more opportunities there, and we can connect with our customers in a yeah. way that that allows them the full experience from Galaxy mm. Harmony. Yeah, and I mean those. That's kind of a natural progression of where things are heading mm. with retail, mm. anyway, isn't it? But it's sort of like COVID's been a the ultimate online motivator or you know yeah well we definitely saw uh, like the the companies that we connected with that were weren't online they struggled yes yeah so we supported them the best we could and then we recognized early on that we were going to run out of some stock right and so we started putting in orders and then as we've sort of gone through that process I think we're all experiencing in, in New Zealand uh the freight and uh, shipping kind of uh, logistical mm. issues that are occurring, and I I think everyone will experience that on some level, yeah. whether you're trying to get something for Christmas yes. or whether you're trying to send something. There's just just massive delays, mm. and and that whole world is being tipped upside upside yeah. down. I mean, I was talking to a a girl that works for for a courier company this morning. I said, oh, "How are you doing?" She's like, "It's just unbelievable." Mm. Just unbelievable. And she said, I'm leaving in February because she's going to study. Right. But it's just been, you know, they thought they'd taken a subsidy because they thought that they were not going to have I feel jobs. like couriers must be the win of 2020, you know. Like, yeah, I you bet know, they they've are. they've been yeah. slammed. Yeah. So we, we have been doing well. We just uh, cut down on some costs, mm. cut down on some expenses, um, and just really brought everything in yeah. and just refined everything. We had, uh, we're working with, some consultants they confirmed yep we're on the right track Mm -hmm. and it was just like yeah let's just do this and you know get on with it and like we were saying you know like I think sometimes it's actually I mean sometimes it's it's there's lots of negative effects to what Mm. has happened with COVID but using the time to kind of take some inward looks that probably would have been good to do regardless of COVID. Exactly. But that's forced people to yeah. kind of do these recalibrations. And, yeah. Anything you know. that we didn't, like, we weren't invested in or we didn't have mm. belief in, we just cut. Yeah. And then we were able to pursue um, the things that we really felt like were right for us. Yeah. I mean, that seven weeks of being in lockdown was... Uh, I don't know if I'd want to do it again. Mm. Like, between kids and, like, managing kids, trying to work... Mm. I, I, I hated sitting on Zoom meetings all day. Oh, it made yeah. me feel ill. Yeah. And, but, but then again, we, we were like, okay, f- we need to, what are we going to do for ourselves? So I would go for walks in the morning. Greg would bike at night. Yeah. So we just made sure we kept a good pace. Yeah. And we didn't burn out. 
And even like even now, I almost like look back on lockdown fondly, even though at the yes. time. And and again, you you cr- now I'm like, hey, if we had to do it again, I know how I'd do it. I, exactly. You know, like I'm exactly. always thinking about like, oh, I should do that for lockdown. If we ever, hopefully, we don't have to do it again. But you know, you, it's amazing how we adapt. And yeah, and you know, like we just said to our kids, like, look, we can't manage you. If you can do your school stuff, mm. great. If not, you can watch the iPad. Yeah. And they probably, my daughter probably, she's five, she probably watched four hours of the iPad a day. Yeah. Which I know is not great. But, but it's long, not forever. In the long yeah. run, it's not yeah. going to matter and we'll yeah. fix it up later. Yeah. But it was just what we had to do. Yeah. Uh, my mum was also, she just had surgery just before lockdown. Right. So all her care stopped. So I was helping her shower. So I'd drive oh. to her house, shower. So th- there was a lot. And happening. there would have been added like fear to that as well, right? Like don't touch anything. Don't get kiddie, you know. Well, like... I, didn't, I didn't buy into the fear because I was right. like, there's... there's we were in a place we're safe we, yeah. it's not likely to be anything so we just went about what we needed to do yeah kept it simple yeah mm. cool so taking another sort of next next question mm. sort of slight pivot what have been or who have been your biggest influences in your work or business yeah i mean We've definitely had a lot of people that have invested in us over the years, uh, and like a personal investment. But if I'm thinking about, you know, businesses that I I look to, I've definitely got friends that are local that have done so well for themselves, mm-hmm. and and they've they are people that I talk to, and that in the in the trenches, in the grind, and I mean I, I'm great friends with you know Jake and Stace from Lower. They they've done wonderful things and they've you know had a roller coaster ride themselves and uh, Lisa from Hot Milk Lingerie oh, yes. she's a yep. great friend and um, you know they've had they've they went through the GFC and all sorts of things mm. so they've had their challenges um, Teresa who is my business partner partner with the store um, we, you know we do a lot of our life together mm. so I'm I'm really inspired by the friends that are just doing it yeah you know that's cool and we can share like we can talk to each other um i mean there's so there's so many of them and i, I feel very blessed that i've got them um claire and greg from meadowlark they're an amazing couple and we've journeyed a lot together um we we get on well as as a couple and and we love to sort of like catch up and just see what's happening mm. and they they're doing amazing things so i have i'm really proud of those people because they're real and they're raw and that it's not always just what it looks like on an Instagram, you know, mood board. So. And there's a different, it's a different world being an owner and a boss and a mm. manager, isn't it? Like you, there's things that you can't share with your team yeah. because it's just different. Yes. And so having peers, yes. that's sort of like your team, yes. you know, that you can bounce ideas off or feed or what did you do here? And, yes. you know, that would be a huge support yeah, and definitely. growth. Yeah, that's really definitely. cool. Um, another person who's who's amazing and she's doing great work is Greta from Together Journal. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, she's built a beautiful yeah. title yeah. in a world of magazines Dying, dying by the day, yeah. Work. So, yeah. so I feel very, I feel very rich in my life because of who I have mm. around me. Yeah, yeah. That's a good um, business insight, I think, as well. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people that yeah. are on similar journeys yeah. or are doing stuff. And I do have a friend, and we meet weekly, mm-hmm. and she's my kind of like uh, friend who sort of 
says it how it is. Right. And She's your real talk yes, friend. Yes. And yeah. um, Lorraine has a business called Foot Mechanics. So okay. They, they are podiatrists. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, she's she picks me up when I need to be picked up and, awesome. and just sort of pushes back if there's anything to be pushed back on. It sounds like you've um, kind of had a considered, not considered approach to friendships. That's not right. But but also that you've made like... I'm intentional about who yes. I'm vulnerable with. Yeah. And who I want to learn from. Yeah. And who I want to grow with. Yeah. yeah that's very really cool. That's cool. about that. That's cool. What's the best business advice you have received or what's the best business advice you'd like to pass on? Yeah, I, I really think that you need to be always looking at your business from multiple angles and making sure that I, I feel like there's, if there's always a solution that you're providing, there's always going to be a strong opportunity for your business. I think we're in a land of such great thinkers and great ideas and and there are great opportunities but it needs to have more legs than that it's got to go the distance so it needs to be solving a problem mm-hmm. and I, I really kind of uh, push back on that I, I don't know if the world needs um, you know more linen design designers or um, homewares designers I'm not saying that that's don't go and pursue that but look at where the gaps are don't yeah. just do the same thing because you think you can do it better although if you think you can do it better by all means mm. go for I it I know what you mean though but that in a world of every it seems like often people are daily starting the next x it can all product. look a bit the same yeah so make sure that you're genuinely solving a problem mm. I think that's the thing that, that's that is advice. really really important and make sure that you're not creating a a bias confirmation scenario and what I mean by that is that when you're starting something out you just get all the people telling you all the positive feedback and no one telling you well the challenging things that you actually really need to hear Mm. and I mean I did that myself Mm. and I was selective about who I went and spoke to and that's just not a good way to operate Mm. because you'll never hear the truth and the truth is the thing that will actually be the thing that helps propel will drive you. and exactly. grow you absolutely and I think I mean that's kind of again a, a probably advice for life as well it right is, it you is. know the you more know, you surround yourself by with people going yeah yeah amazing amazing it's great for your ego ego but, but that's it yeah and you know like I, I can understand why you would want to do that because you don't want to be you know deterred from or, or crushed yes but yeah. You need that reality check. It's good to have real talk for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and, and anything in your relationships and, and because business financial is matters hard and it as is well, not you easy. know. And it's, we often talk about like it's not all glamour, you know. It's not all beautiful shows and beautiful photo shoots no. and and even photo shoot days are hard, you yeah. know. Like they're hard days. They're not. Um, just sitting around, you know, drinking bubbles and snacking And on. all the preparation that, and, and organisation that goes into mm. those things, yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Actually, and this is this is something I I have, have fallen into myself previously, but don't compare. Yes. Like, Huge. I, I've been deliberate in not doing that, and then I found... Well, I've found that it always seems to happen when you're in a tough place and then you look at other people and you go, well, they're doing this and they're successful here. Just don't do it. Just stop it. Mm. I think that's such 
wonderful advice because we kind of know it, but we still fall into the oh, trap, don't exactly. we? You know, and yeah. I'm speaking to myself. Oh, as much. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, we I talk about this a lot with friends and my husband, and it's a constant reminder not to compare yourself to other people on all aspects of on, life, isn't on it? On all yeah. aspects of life. And to be honest, like just recently, I found myself looking at a couple of friends in business and feeling a little bit resentful and I actually went to them and just I'd be I'd, I'd distance myself and I went and apologized yeah and said look this is what's been going on with me I'm really sorry for that and yeah. they were like oh no well this is what's going on for us and actually it was just a lie yeah so you know like be be which is always aware. the way yeah exactly that's, that's um great self-awareness I think mm. we all need to do that yes. more, you know, because that sets us free, yeah, exactly. doesn't it? You know, exactly. Um, I love that. What advice would you give to those wanting to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> <laughs> we did joke about this um, before, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. You know, I really believe that we have a, an amazing country full of great entrepreneurs and pioneers. Mm. Do your homework, take your time, don't rush it. If you're going to do it, don't rush it. Great advice. I have learned in my ambition that sometimes my expectations and the reality are far apart. And so as I have got older and more experienced, I am much more considered in what I do. And I've learned to to plod and to pace myself mm. there's something nice about the plodding I had someone about eight years ago say that to me and I thought it was the worst advice ever mm. but now I've really drawn upon it mm. and found that it's been something that I am content with not in a negative way that mm. I'm like not going to push you know forward with certain yeah. areas but just to know what to dial up and what to tone down. Yeah, and just recognising that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. What's the future for Chaos and Harmony? Where are you heading? What plans can mm. you share or mm. want to share? Or? Oh, we're in a really exciting uh, place. I feel like a little bit like, not that we're starting again, but we're in a new phase. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, the, the bridal areas where we're looking to develop a lot. In saying that, though, our, our main collections we're getting really we're getting even more solid on and and we're excited about what's coming product wise cool. and just being able to how to access the market so really our customer experience is what we're, we're working really closely on and definitely some uh, plans internationally so awesome mm. that's so cool what are you passionate about besides your work yeah we've you know, my husband and I have been really passionate about relationships and we've mm-hmm. we've had a few things in the past where we've been involved um, uh, and we, we still currently are in, in helping people with, with relationships and it kind of ties into what we're doing with the wedding stuff. So that's something that we're looking at um, to see how we can develop further. But I just feel like if people are good together then the rest of life is a lot easier Mm, absolutely it just takes one less thing off the table Mm. but um personally i i have loved this year getting fit and just being well and i love reading and 
I've really enjoyed not traveling this year. I've had a good decade of I was going to say traveling. it's probably like nice for I you, haven't right? It. I haven't. Your missed kids it. probably are stoked a little bit as well. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah. And so I I think about what the future looks like for travel, mm. and I I do love to travel. Yes, yeah, yeah. And but I've enjoyed the reprieve. This yeah, year. that's nice. Yeah. What does success look like to you? personally professionally or both mm. it looks like health um mental health it looks looks well obviously you want to make profit and and uh you know you, you want your business to be performing in, in a certain way but i also want my business to be significant i want people to know what we stand for that we make a difference to me that's success and then it is having healthy relationships you know like uh, you know your business can't come at the cost of your marriage or, or you know or it's just that's too hard and so a conscious decision of yeah, health on yeah. all aspects of, yeah yeah that's good and it, that just comes piece by piece it's mm-hmm. not like there's no quick way to do it no. you're like yeah. so I filled out a form and now yeah. I'm healthy yeah you know yeah. it's just gradual it's yeah. self-awareness yeah self-awareness. And that's what I was going to say it's just being conscious mm. and we all you know we're all kind of, well not all of us but I think a lot of people are going through little journeys of different things of at the moment and the more you're actively thinking about it yeah that that's when yeah. the changes start to happen right yeah and I don't want my kids to sort of look back and go mum was always at work or mm. you know like things like mm. that so just being really aware of when we need to be spending time and just yeah. the ebbs and the flows and yeah it's not like I'm trying to do it all but just being really aware of where the needs are and, mm-hmm. and that I'm well myself mm. absolutely well that's the end of the big questions the last little portion of my yes. um, thing is my little quick fire faves. So I'll just run through them. What app for for business and or life do we need? Do you know, I've got this app that I've been using called Love Nudge. Oh, so I've never heard of that. Sounds <laughs> odd, isn't yeah. it? It's actually for um, your, it's for your relationship. And it sends you little reminders like, like, if your partner needs like a hug or I love that like make sure you've told them something nice or I'm gonna set that up on my husband's phone (laughs) (laughs) it's so So cool it just pops up and yeah it's just because sometimes I can be I'm not the most um efficient person in that area so you're like sometimes I'm immersed in life so it's a good reminder that's cool okay I'm gonna I'm actually gonna download that that's a good one okay what have you watched lately that we should see I loved the Queen's Gambit. Oh, I just started that. Yeah, oh, I think sh- the strategy was like really feeding me well. Yeah, and then the story is just really delightful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just finished the first episode actually um, on the weekend, and I spent the whole time thinking something bad was going to happen because I think I'm conditioned now to everything having a dark edge and everything, even though it was sort of there was some sad but it was happy it's very well written yeah I, I was really pleasantly surprised I'm sort of saving the rest of it to holidays when I can properly oh yeah watch it's, it's it definitely a not... purge yeah a purge series yeah. yeah for sure cool um which podcast apart from in the future this one yes um will you never miss I, I'm really excited to invest in these super creative podcasts because I think you've got a wonderful thing going oh thanks 
I I do love um, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast. He okay. does a, a twenty minute session, and it just he, the way he articulates things is just very um, pragmatic. Cool. So I can just drive somewhere and get a quick burst. Twenty minutes is good for things like that as well. I think because I find the bigger ones you get lost, but if it's a little okay, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Uh, you said you're a reader. Mm-hmm. What should we read next? Oh, yes. So I read several books at one time. I hear you. <laughs> I'm a multitasker mm-hmm. like that. I am have just started The Starfish and the Spider by Ori Braffman and Rod Beckstrom. That, and it's about um, uh, just d- different organisations and mm-hmm. just the power of like a, like a starfish. When you cut off a starfish's arm, it just grows again. Ah, so it's kind cool. of doing this whole sort of. Analogy. So it's a um, it's a it's a non-fiction. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm more of a non-fiction. Are you? Person. Yeah. I like to watch TV. Yes, that's your fiction. That's my fiction, yeah. and I can watch. You know, I actually started yeah. watching. Sorry, just on the, mm. the TV on TV three, The Mask. Oh, no, it wasn't the mask. Oh, the mask singer. The mask singer. Oh, I've seen that oh pop up. Are you hooked? I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's just like mindless mm. TV. I think fun. I often think when I see that pop up, um, <laughs> you know, they must have been like, okay, we need a new format. Um, people dressed in a costume, and we've got you know, it seems so weird, but it's, it's been so ridiculous. Really and the first one, I was like, oh, I just wanted to watch something really yeah, mindless, mindless, mindless. Yeah. And, and I was like, actually, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, like now you're really invested. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, we're in your when we're in the mount, mm-hmm. when we're in your town, where should we go to eat or drink? Uh, the general cafe for yes. coffee, lunch, daytime, breakfast, and then Alpino at night. It just it's just like you're in Italy. Yeah, I love it actually. Oh, you you would know as well. Yes. Yeah, and even though it, it would be good if it was a little bit bigger, I actually really like that it's small. Well, that's very Italian. That's the Italian way, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know those back kitchens mm. and and sort of reminds me of being on like a little back street kind of yeah you know austeria type. Yeah, it, so. yeah, it wouldn't work bigger actually. Yeah. That's right. Um, on Insta. Where do you get your Insta inspo? And who are your best creative follows? Do you know, I really, um, on Chaos and Harmony, we follow uh, a girl called, f- for fashion, like Phyllis, um, Phyllis Pina, and just really love her style. It's effortless. Um, so she uh, she's based in the States, I think. And then there's a lot of interior design architectural ones I love as well. In New Zealand, I do really love what Meadowlark do. Like yes. Claire's, Claire's really created uh, a brand that's not just about jewellery. There's a real um, artistry behind what they do. So I really appreciate what she does. Yes, I love what they do. Mm. It's very cool. Mm. Hey, so that's it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I have really appreciated you um, saying yes <laughs> and coming to do this, even with the disclaimer of it's in my daughter's bedroom and, you know, all of that. It's real life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, one this... day I'll have a fancy studio. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for now, this is it. But, yeah. um, no, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and mm. coming for the chat. No, it's been really nice and um, all the best in the future. Thanks. One of the things I'm loving about this podcast is talking to women who are at all stages of business. There's so much we can learn from inspiring women like Bex, who are over a decade into their journey and have created the most beautiful products and brands and yet are still growing, learning and changing. 
once again, this is another story of an inspiring Kiwi company that started with an idea and through lots of hard work became an iconic brand. You can connect with Chaos and Harmony on their website, chaosandharmonyshoes.com, or by finding them on Insta at Chaos and Harmony Shoes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for supporting the podcast. As you know, every like and share on social media means the absolute world to me. And if you wanted to rate and review on Apple or wherever you listen, it really helps me get the podcast out there. For show notes and information on previous guests, visit supercreativepodcast.com. Thanks. Thank you.